Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Doing the Thing podcast. This is your host, Jason Madden. I'm accompanied by uh, Philip Macko, as always. And today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. You know, we've talked about all the different types of forms of entrepreneurship in the show in the past. You know, we talk a lot about franchising. Uh, we talk a lot about, you know, that startup business or buying an existing business. Uh, but we we rarely touch on the uh, the investment side of, of business ownership. And uh, want to talk about some of the bigger things that are out there these days. One of the ones that has really caught my attention lately is NFTs or the non-fungible tokens. And um, Phil is going to ask me some questions on this. And I just want you all to know that I am definitely not an expert at this. I'm, I'm just now learning as well. Uh, this is not in, none of this is going to be investment advice. And really it's just, things that I found in my research over the last week or so. So without further ado, Phil, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, my friend. Happy Monday. How about yourself? Doing great. Doing great. It's happy to uh, be here and work with much clients this week. It's the, you know, it's the new year and got some exciting things going. Nice. Nice. Well, that is a great way to kick off 2022 as is this conversation. And I'll tell you, you know, I might be a year or two older than you, Jason. I'm not sure, but thinking I might Barely. be. <laughs> and for folks in my age bracket, it can become a little bit more challenging keeping up with the diverse changes across all aspects of society, including social media. And now what has crept up on me is this whole world of digital investment and cryptocurrency and non-fungible tokens, which... When I hear the word fungible, I think of cleaning my shower. <laughs> but that's not at all what it means. So, you know, when Jason suggested this uh, as a topic for us today, it's really interesting to me because entrepreneurship can take shape and form in many different ways. And that includes investment strategies and knowing what is trending and what is breaking in the marketplace. And certainly NFTs are um, gives you some additional options to just think and learn about. So. Without further ado, Jason, what the heck is an NFT? Yeah, so that's the big one. So um, I'll, I'll do the Gary V explanation, and then I'll go into a little bit more detail. So, so Gary V is one of the guys that you know he's, he's not my favorite influencer, but he's he, he's usually very um, uh, very current with all this stuff. And and and, and reason he's not my favorite influencer is some of his um, not his personality or what he does, but just some of his philosophy on work and things like that. I just don't necessarily agree with it, but I do agree with a lot of his investment advice and stuff like that. And and what he says is so if if you've ever played a video game and you've purchased something on that vi through that video game, whether it's like a, say if it's Call of Duty, you have a weapon or or a skin, you know, the costume for your character or something like that. That's technically an NFT. It's something that you buy online and it's it's you know you it's a it's more of something that you can't replace, right? So like I I grab this skin for my Fortnite character or something like that and I can't give it to anybody else. That's just mine. It's my unique uh digital code that's for me. Now, when you go into the investment side of the house, it goes a step further. So it's an entry on what's called a blockchain. 
that has the same decentralized digital ledger technology that underlies cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or Ethereum. And that's kind of the Forbes definition. We could kind of break it out a little bit more. So Bitcoin is actually fungible. So the difference between fungible and non-fungible, non-fungible more or less means that it's unique and can't be replaced with something else, right? And fungible hmm. can be replaced. It's replaceable. So think about it like a, like a fungible asset is actually a franchise. You know, that's something that we talked about before. It's a, uh, a, a tangible and fungible asset is what a, a franchise is, where a non-fungible asset will be that that um, that NFT. <laughs> Stick with me. <laughs> it's yeah. getting confusing the more I talk about it. But as you kind of put it into perspective like that, it starts to make a little bit more sense. All right. So you touched on a couple different things. You touched on the token itself, and then the currency involved with the token. So let's take the easier of the two to understand the currency involved with the token. When you talk about Bitcoin as a non-fungible token, what you're saying is if I hand you a $100 bill, that's not unique to me. But that Bitcoin is, in fact, unique to me. Is that what you're saying? No. Bitcoin is actually a fungible asset because you could think of it just, as, just like currency. It's just like the U.S. dollar, but it, it stays in the blockchain. And the blockchain, is state, is they, they just transfer the ownership uh, from person to person as, as Bitcoin gets traded. And NFT, is it, it's a piece of art. So think of it like a, it could be a JPEG or a PDF or something like that that has been uniquely coded uh, and minted into the blockchain. Notice how I say the word minted because it's kind of like a currency as well. Uh, it's not. It's a, it's a it's a form of artwork. But think about like with the Mona Lisa, they have a certificate of authenticity by experts that that know that just that just this came from the artist. It's supposed to, came from the Louvre. You know, it was all, you know, it's all accurate. The the blockchain kind of does that for the NFT art. So you you can take a screenshot of it, you can copy it, and, and all that kind of stuff. But if you can't trace it back into the blockchain. It's it's not going to be that piece of art. It's not going to be the uh, original. So you drew a comparison to the Mona Lisa. So we're talking about a singular, authentic piece of creation, be that digital art. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about some of the NFTs that are out there in the world in play, one. And then two, tell me about how people are earning money with this new NFT trend. Yeah, so... Um, one of the most famous NFT artists is a guy named Bleeple. He actually is partnered up with a lot of Singaporean um, investment firms and things in the United States. Uh, uh, most recently, he um, he partnered with uh, Snoop Dogg and sold him a picture for something like like forty three million dollars or something like that. It's ridiculous what? how much these things go. Wait so, a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is not a physical item you can hold in your hands. This is a digital piece of artwork for $43 right. million. Yep. Wow. And you can hang them in your house in Meta. <laughs> what, what does that so, even mean? Oh, in Meta, in like meta. The former Facebook. 
Yeah, so Facebook is kind of creating this digital landscape where you can actually buy, you can actually purchase real estate and you could build in that in your own little community. So you have your, you create your own rules, you create everything and you can actually put your NFTs in there and people that come and visit <laughs> your property or your site, uh, they can go and they could per they can actually pay an entry fee to look at NFTs. They could, you know, you could have games in there. People can go and play your games and stuff like that. And it's, it's, everything is just becoming this weird virtual, you know, landscape. Um, speaking of Snoop Dogg, he has, um, he actually has land in Meta that he purchased and somebody spent like $400,000 to purchase like, a block next to Snoop Dogs <laughs> in Meta. In Meta, yeah. So it's all virtual. It, it's nothing tangible, nothing real. So you know, going it, NFTs appeared to creep up on me, but now as we're having this conversation, I realize when I was researching the conduit, I signed up for Second Life. I didn't have a lot of fun doing it, but Second Life is really the. Um, the one, I guess, of Meta, right? You could buy artwork in Second Life and put it in your Second Life home and you could have friends visit and all that. And this is just the evolution of that, it sounds like. Yes, evolution of Second Life, the evolution of Sims. Um, what was that block game that a lot of kids play? Um, oh, I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. It's escaped me. Yeah, it's escaped me. But yeah, all those kinds of games, you know, Meta is just... It's one brand. It's for everybody. You know, it's not for the people that just purchased that game. It could just be anybody. You know, and are NFTs just for the meta world, or is there a few beyond? So I, so I don't know exactly how they do it, but I saw um, uh, Bleeple. He was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast a few weeks ago, and he actually gave Joe Rogan an NFT and then a physical version of it. It was a uh, really. It was. Had um, Elon Musk face on it, and it was like this giant body part. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a wrestler's body. Uh, but he had a, a physical representation of his NFT, and it had a um, um, uh, one of those things that you scan now for your menus at the restaurant, like a barcode thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. UBC? No, not UBC. Oh, it's the man. barcode, whatever, whatever you want to call Remember it, that. the barcode thing. Yeah, and you can scan it, and then it shows you your digital representation of your NFT. But your NFT actually resides in the blockchain that you access through your uh, your crypto wallet. So a crypto wallet is something that you established so that you can actually uh, purchase more cryptocurrency you, you add cryptocurrency in it, and then you actually have to purchase NFTs with crypto. And hmm. like Bitcoin's probably the most popular one, but I think as far as being able to purchase things like NFTs and stuff like that, it's uh, Ethereum that you have to use to, to purchase them. Uh, and you set that up through an app called Coinbase. And uh, uh, Coinbase is just basically the, the normal uh, application of record for, for hmm. most of the cryptocurrency trading and stuff like that. Um, geez, what else? What what else am I missing here? No, so you know, I have a better sense. Thank you of what an NFT is. I have a better sense of how people are using it in the metaverse. But people are actually making significant money. And in fact, you know, when you suggested this, um, <laughs> and it's crude, but it's an NFT. I started to look into people who are making money with NFTs, 
And I ran across the story of a woman who earned $200,000 farting into bottles and selling them to people, literally, right? Yes. Yeah, she was hospitalized for it, by the way. <laughs> Eating no. too much beans, probably. Um, right. But let's, I guess that's not non fungible. You can't replace those. <laughs> yeah. Take her off the table, but talk to me about NFT entrepreneurship. What are some of the things people are doing with this beyond Bleeple? So you can look at a site called OpenSea, and you can see all the representations of NFTs that are out there. And, you know, tweets, you know, from, from Twitter can be an NFT. A lot of people have done that. Hmm. Uh, screenshots of basketball players shooting, you know, scoring, scoring points, um, mm. memes. If you've ever seen the, the, uh, the cat that's kind of shaped like a toaster pastry and there's like a little rainbow behind him and he's flying through space, that thing's probably one of the most popular NFTs out there. Um, it, it could just be just about anything um, that you can upload digitally to the blockchain can be an NFT as long as you mint it and you do that through, I think OpenSea has some tools for you to be able to mint your artwork as an NFT and, and actually bring it into the blockchain. Interesting. And, you know, so I was talking to a client right before our podcast call and, you know, I wanted to ask him about trends in the marketplace. What does he see happening in industry across the next 10 years? And the way I phrased the question was a little bit clunky. So he asked me to kind of refine it. I said, well, listen, when I started doing business, I was wearing a pager and I was carrying around, you know, stacks of quarters to pump into pay phones to call my clients and things like that. And that shifted to fax and email and that evolution has occurred. Um, but one of the things that was common in the distribution world that I was in is you would bring your clients gifts, what we would call tchotchkes, right? Mm -hmm. Little logo pens or T-shirts or, you know, promotional kinds of goodies. And as I was starting to research NFTs, I ran across the fact that many political campaigns, instead of giving out T-shirts and banners and flags and things, are now starting to raise money by way of NFTs. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a, a Donald Trump NFT here pretty soon for 2024, you know, and and even some of our, our, our partners that we work with in the franchise space, they're doing the same thing. They're, you know, for new owners that come in, they, they're creating, you know, those NFTs for them or new members if they're like a gym or some type of business. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing that more and more. And and I think to your point with how business is progressing, we we're so comfortable doing almost everything online to include all of our meetings. We do Zoom, Ring Central, all these things. I, I think, you know, as we progress, we're we're gonna find a meeting space in our own own little office in Meta and we're gonna be decorating it and we're gonna you know, we're gonna trick it out just like we would our normal office so we can impress our potential clients who are probably gonna be looking like Elon Musk with their with the bodybuilder <laughs> body and and we'll we'll you know, we'll choose whatever avatar we want. It's going to be like a purple dragon or wherever you feel like you want to be that day. I think that's really what's going to happen. Wow. Wow. Have you so ever you seen that movie Ready Player One? Yes. I 100% I, I believe that's where we're going to be in the next couple of decades, if not sooner. Wow. 
Wow, this is really future thinking. So let me let me peel back a couple more things during the time that we have left. I'm not sure I completely understand what blockchain is. Can you walk us through? Yeah, let me. Um, I'm going to pull up my notes a little bit. So, so it's a distributed database that is shared among the. And I'm I'm reading the definition here. This is not from memory by any means whatsoever. <laughs> it's a distributed database that is shared among the nodes of a computer network. As a database, a blockchain stores information electronically in digital format. They're best known for their crucial role in cryptocurrency, as we know, uh, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, and they maintain a secure, decentralized record of transactions. So, uh, so that's that's what makes um, the, that Bitcoin and, and digital currency so attractive to some people because, you know, a lot of people have seen and, and brought to my attention uh, just through podcasts and, and, and research that, you know, our government is printing money every day. And, and you know, if you look at the value of the dollar from, you know, not even like a, a century ago, like the 1930s to now, you know, our inflation rate is like, over 70 cents to the dollar. It's crazy. Our, our dollar is barely worth anything what it used to be worth, uh, you know, the last century. So people are transitioning and feeling like their money is more secure in blockchain just for that, I, for that very reason, decentralized wow. record of transactions. You can follow the money. You can't reprint it. You can't replicate it. And it's, it's stored in that secure space in the blockchain. Um, you know, and if you if you lose your password for the blockchain, you pretty much lose your money. It what? Is, that's is that secure? I mean, you've got to be very careful with your security and your passwords when it comes to your crypto wallet. So so think about a typical database in the blockchain. So in how the, 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 the data is structured, a blockchain collects information together in groups known as blocks. And that's that holds sets of information. Uh, so blocks have certain storage capacity, and then when they're filled, they're closed, and then linked to the previously filled block, which forms that chain. All new information that follows that freshly added block is compiled into a newly formed block that will then also be added to the chain once filled. So you can't just put unlimited amounts of information in. Wow. And so it sounds like the ability to manipulate markets is much more tightly control in blockchain yes. than interesting yes yeah absolutely uh and and once it's built it's set in stone because part of the timeline you know it's like you you'll be able to you'll be able to see a timestamp on it and everything and just be able to track every little piece of it so i have to ask you this um a few episodes back we had cybersecurity experts on and we're mm -hmm. talking about the colonial pipeline hack and yeah you know, People that lock up companies' information and then hold it ransom get paid in cryptocurrency the same way that we might invest ourselves. And is some of the growth in cryptocurrency driven by these illegal activities? hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if you're if you're a criminal and you wanted to have something that's not traced through the Treasury of the United States, that's a good way to do it. Hmm. Like wow. you can trace dollar bills, you could trace hundred dollar bills and, and, and uh, bank transactions and things like that. Eventually you're going to find it. But if you, if you're getting, you know, cryptocurrency under a pseudo name or something like that, that's hard to trace. It's going to 
give you that much more separation. Wow. Wow. So brave new worlds we're learning about. We've learned about mm -hmm. NFTs. We've learned about blockchain. We've learned about cryptocurrency. And as you start to evolve your knowledge in this space, Jason, and again, this is not financial advice. This is just research information. You know, if somebody wanted to take steps to learn more about, you know, this space and potentially opportunities for them within it, where would they look and go? So there's, you, you probably get reached out by people. If you have like an Instagram account or, or even a LinkedIn account, you, you've probably been um, pestered by somebody that wants to help you manage Bitcoin and help you buy and trade and sell Bitcoin and stuff like that. That's fine. There are some good people out there that can do it. Uh, just make sure he's not living in your in his mom's you know basement or something like that. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. How do you ask that question? Hey, I like you and everything. It sounds like you know what you're talking about. Do you live in your mom's basement? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you know, just like doing business with anybody else, you know, I wouldn't have somebody create a sign for me for one of my for one of my barber shops with, without getting some customer testimonials. And, and and being able to do a little bit yeah. of research on the work that they've done in the past. Yeah. You know, if none of that is really clearly present or evident, it might not be a good fit for you. And it might be, you know, I don't, you know, I don't have the, all the answers to that, but if you're, if think about it, if you're selecting somebody to help you, you know, with your financial planning and, and your investing and stuff like that, you want to kind of have the same attributes with that person as you would with your your normal investments, your mutual funds, your Got 401k you. and stuff like that. Got um, yeah, and there's a lot of websites that you can look at and do some you know self-directed research, which I, I highly recommend just kind of educating yourself first before spending some money to hire somebody on to do it. Uh, and, and a lot of people just manage it on their own, but think of it as day trading. You know, a lot of people do a lot of day trading with their with their cryptocurrency and just think of there there's going to be a little bit of a time commitment there so yeah. so if you're if you're not really interested in that kind of time commitment just like trading stocks and things like that you might want to just look at something that's a little bit more secure as far as what that coin is like ethereum or bitcoin itself like dogecoin that's kind of that was kind of like a fad um elon musk talked about it on twitter went up a lot of money and then pretty much totally tanked right after that. You want to get something that's been like really established and has been around for a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, I come from the philosophy, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, I I'll invest a little bit into cryptocurrency, but I'll have all of my other um, investment portfolio diversification going on on the side as well. You know, cause yeah, sure. you just never know what's going to happen with anything. Yeah, and then um, also you mentioned, I think, a podcast that had some pretty good beginning information, right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, and I reached out to those folks to see if we could get them on the show, but it's just been, it, it was kind of kind of short notice. But it's called NFTs for newbies, and, and hopefully we can get them on one day. But uh, we'll we'll continue to reach out and, and have conversations with them and see what happens. NFT for newbies. Awesome, man. Yeah. Listen, this has been interesting. I've learned a ton and I appreciate the research you did. And hopefully for those of you listening, this has opened up some new thoughts and some things. Hey, one, just learning about how the world of investing is involved, uh, evolving. But two, you know, could you monetize a meme? Could you bottle something and make $200,000? I mean, <laughs> that's the world we're in now. It's so true, man. It's so true. And um, 
you know, I think uh, this pandemic has, you know, created a lot of entrepreneurs with, a, and, and we've, we're seeing a lot of creative things like this coming about. And I know NFTs are kind of, I think they predate the pandemic, but they certainly did become way more popular along with, uh, you know, the cryptocurrency. Wow. Excellent information. Really engaging conversation, Jason. As always, thank you, man. I hope the listeners enjoyed this. If you did, pass it along. Please look for the next episodes coming and great conversation, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. And if if anything I said was incorrect and you're an expert and you, you're hearing this, call me out because I want to learn. So <laughs> find us on Facebook, put, you know, put your comments on the page and, and we'll address it in a future episode. Um, but the next episode is going to be really fun too. So we're going to transition completely from the investment business ownership side. And we're going to talk about, we actually, we're not going to completely from business ownership, but we're going to mostly talk about leadership from the millennial perspective. And we're bringing out Dr. Jennifer Wisdom, uh, the podcast host from uh, Millennial Leadership, also has some TEDx talks out there that you can take a look at. And, and we're really going to take a real interesting deep dive into leadership and what it means today. Can't That's going to be a really engaged conversation. Can't wait for that. Yes, sir. Awesome. 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 All right, my friend, we're going to sign off and look forward to next week. Please join us. That's going to be an engaging and really informative session. All right, my friend. Everybody, if you like it, like and share, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.